So in college, I worked at Chipotle, and I used to make hundreds of burritos and burrito bowls. But every once in a while, someone would ask me to make a taco, and I was always upset because tacos you have to get a special little tortilla, you have to put it up there, and it costs just the same, and you get less food. And I was like, I don't understand why you want a taco. Why don't you just get a burrito or order this thing on the side? But you know what? People love tacos so much. There's a whole day dedicated to it. Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Such a popular phenomenon. People like LeBron James celebrate Taco Tuesday. You know what? Tacos are pretty great. You know what else is great? This episode of Ministry During Disruption. I'm Kyle, and that's what you're listening to. Welcome to the podcast. This is Ministry During Disruption, and I'm your host, Kyle Lee. And today we have our senior sandwich correspondent, Steve Tamayo. Super happy to be here on the podcast today, Kyle. I am in the sandwich generation where I have children that I'm taking care of, and I have parents that I'm taking care of, and I also am a big fan of the sandwiches, and This whole conversation that we're having today came up because of a conversation that we had goofing around with our team in the creative labs. It was late. We were tired and the hot takes were flying. Hot takes were flying. That's for sure. And you know what? If we had a different take on our sandwich, maybe they're flying on a broom. But in this case, I want to let you take the hot take this time instead of me making all these bad puns about witches and sand sandwiches and earth witches and all that what's your hot take for us today steve every sandwich secretly wishes it were a taco okay well if i'm a sandwich i wish i was a taco but i'm not sure about that for every single sandwich every single sandwich now the first thing that you have to do is you have to establish that just about everything is a sandwich a hot dog sandwich Peanut butter and jelly sandwich, obviously a sandwich. BLT, a sandwich. A club sandwich, it's a fancy sandwich. But every sandwich secretly wishes it were a taco. Okay, well, okay, so so, so, so what you just said, everything's a sandwich. I am not a sandwich. Am I? Are you sure? I mean, I don't have any bread. I am, I do have meat, like, in between other pieces of meat. You know, KFC had that sandwich that was like a piece of chicken, bacon, cheese, and then another piece of chicken. Right. Uh, right, right, It's not that different. And then also we eat like veggie burgers with like lettuce as a wrap, but it's still a burger, which is also a sandwich. Seriously. I mean, so I want you to imagine this. Imagine that you walk downstairs from your apartment, that you walk out into the street where you live and you see a an adult lion i'm going to picture it with a mane and a long tail and long pointy teeth and Mm -hmm. next to it is its child and its child looks at you and its child looks up at its dad and says i'm really excited about that sandwich but can you cut the crust off and the lion says 
Yes, of course. And chases you down and maybe cuts your shoes and your hat off. And then the the little lion cub enjoys his sandwich. Like you are a sandwich to a lion. I mean, okay, if you're gonna talk about perspective, then I guess that's true for me. And then like, yeah, okay, 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 I can buy that. But every sandwich is a taco? Every sandwich secretly, I say secretly, right? They're not very outspoken about it, right? The Philly cheesesteak sandwich acts as if its biggest issue is whether the cheese is provolone or cheese whiz or, or whether it's just like nacho cheese poured over it or whether it's Velveeta. The Philly cheesesteak acts like that's the issue. But the real issue deep down, if you could get the Philly cheesesteak sandwich on the therapist's couch and ask it in the darkest part of the darkest night when you are awake and tossing and turning inside your wrapper. What is it that you secretly wish you could be? And the Philly cheesesteak sandwich will whisper back to you. A taco. Okay, okay, okay. So in the darkest of nights, that's what, that's what all the sandwiches want. They, the dark night wants to become a, they, they want to become a taco. It, what is a taco then? A taco is what every sandwich secretly wants to be, Kyle. I mean, now we're going a little. I feel like you should know this already. I feel like this is like self-explanatory. Okay, so maybe it is, but I was a philosophy major in college, so I want to know the exact like metaphysical definition of taco dumb. Like, what are the the defining traits of tacos, and what distinguishes a taco from a sandwich? Is a taco is it like a square and rectangle, where a square is a is a is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square? It's very difficult to distinguish a taco from a sandwich because, as I have mentioned, perhaps you have heard, every sandwich secretly wishes it were a taco. Okay. It's it's you can say you can say this about a taco or that about a sandwich and you can try to distinguish between them. But at the end of the day, every sandwich secretly wishes it were a taco. I I don't think I don't think you can actually get to this through ontological dissection that that actually the sandwich is and the taco is what it truly is in relationship with the other beings in its sphere of influence i think you need to look at onto relationality not ontology to get to the essence of what it means to be a taco a taco is what a taco is in conjunto in its broader community Oof. okay so that was a bunch of a bunch of fancy speak but I mean, if I if add fancy speak onto fancy speak, the platonic ideal of every sandwich is a taco, and the taco is the platonic ideal of a sandwich. Then, I mean, okay, but as defining what it all is is based on perception, and based on perceptions, we must be able to trust our perceptions, and we have to understand what's going on inside our brains. We have to trust our brains and our perceptions, and we have to hope, you know, all of us are not just particularly being tricked by demons, etc. I get you, I get you, Descartes. Plato's cave and Descartes' demon all struggled because the second they saw the taco, they were distracted. Because (laughs) you remember, both Plato and Descartes, being lion sandwiches, secretly wished that they were tacos. And so when they see the taco, they feel both hunger and shame that they are not the taco. (laughs) Even... Even the nihilist will, 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 is, is ashamed that he is not a taco. There is a perfect world out there for, for said nihilist where life has meaning and it is becoming a taco. I got you. Uh, 
Oh, man, we could go on and on and on with this Schrodinger. You know, like the cat is and is not a taco at the same does, time. But, I mean, also, it doesn't matter because it, it, it has a taco and therefore it is eating the taco and therefore it doesn't matter. All other life questions cease to exist or matter. The taco has been finished and is still in existence at the same time. Yes. Got you. Got you. Got you. OK, well, then this is the thing that really matters because we're supposed to be uh, ostensibly a podcast that relates to campus ministry. So how, how does everything wanting to be a taco relate to campus ministry? Absolutely. So ministry during the disruption has provided us with an opportunity to discover what it is that we have always secretly wished our ministry was. For some oh. of us, we have always been desiring and wishing that our ministry were bigger. And the disruption has made our ministries smaller and it has exposed that we are not what we wish we were. We might have wanted our ministries to be more just, more inclusive, deeper relationally, uh, more deeply committed to Christ, less anxious, uh, more financially solvent. There are so many things that we secretly wish our ministries were and that in the deepest, darkest times of nights, we have to admit that they're not that. And we find ourselves comparing ourselves to other ministries. And so you, you might be able to make the case that my ministry secretly wishes it were a taco. Except that the taco in this case is whatever our ideal version of ministry would be. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it has been really hard for some of us to, to see, you know, the, the tide has come out and now you can see who's been skinny dipping the whole time. Ooh. It's a really difficult situation for us. To, to have the reality of the bones of our ministry exposed. Some people are super happy with what they're seeing. They're doing cartwheels. They're so happy. Like what they're seeing is just beautiful. They're seeing risk-taking. They're seeing faithfulness. They're seeing love. They're seeing compassion. They're seeing a depth of discipleship. They're seeing evangelism still happening. They're seeing people still reaching out to new people. But for many of us, what this season of disruption has revealed to us because that's one of the things that disruption does. Disruption reveals. It's revealed that we're not the tacos we wish we were. Mm, yeah, we're like tacos from Taco Bell and not from Chipotle. I got you. I got you. Yeah, dude, I don't know that you want to make Chipotle your standard of great tacos. I mean, I'm saying I'm not saying we're like that we're a great taco. I'm just saying we're, we're, we, we thought we were like not bad, but we turned out to be. Taco Bell. You know, I'm actually a fan of Taco Bell. Like, oh, I, I'm a huge, I'm such a hater on Taco Bell. But <laughs> are, you, are you? Well, that's maybe we'll save that for another time is uh, why Taco Bell and uh, McDonald's are better than Chick-fil-A and Chipotle. Yeah. You know, that also brings to mind our, another later episode we can talk about where every polo should, should be a button down. Uh, but anyway. That's a very, that's a very UVA take right there. Oh, it's such, it's such a UVA take slash grew so strongly, in my opinion, at UVA. But Well, let me ask you this, Kyle. Let me ask you this about this ministry during the disruption idea. Have you ever struggled with that comparison and that desire for your ministry to be something other than what it is? Yeah, so I think what you're talking about is something that I remember when I was in New York, New Jersey, what we would term it as, and I think it's a pretty good word for it, is holy discontent, right? Um, there's a time for you see something wrong with, with, or something missing from something that you're doing and if it's something that you believe like God's heart is for, right? Something like justice, right? Which you mentioned, or for more compassion or um, to reach a place that's not been reached yet. 
right? That's a, not only just like you're upset, but you're you have a, a brand of holy discontent. You are upset with like 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 in the ways that God is upset because God wishes and wants and desires for that place to be reached for us to be more just, etc. And yes, absolutely. I noticed when I the reason I came on staff was because I realized that people in ministry didn't have the resources, time, or expertise to do media in the first place. And I was like, oh, I, that doesn't sit right with me. That makes me upset. I think someone should go in there and 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 help them and and, they, and provide this resource for people because what like look at where we're going. We could totally reach people with this. And then Jesus was like, hey you could do that. And I was like, oh, he taps you on the shoulder. You're like somebody. And Jesus says, hey, you're somebody. And yeah, like, oh, I was like, thanks, oh. Jesus. He's like, no, I mean, you're somebody. And you're like, no, I, I know I, I, I'm kind of a big deal. And he's like, no, no, no I, I want you to go and do the thing that you've been saying somebody should do. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing. You've got holy discontent. Imagine holy discontent in the center. And then off on one side is apathy. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, to, to one extreme, there's an apathy. Maybe to that extreme, there is a denial, mm-hmm. right? The, the apathy is like, yeah, somebody should do something, but it's not going to be me. And the denial is there's nothing to be discontent about. Things are fine just the way they are. Like my ministry is shrinking and declining. That's fine. N- nobody's coming to faith in Jesus. That's fine. There's no deep discipleship, engagement. No one is growing in love of God, God's word, God's people of every ethnicity and culture, God's purposes in the world. That's fine. You know, so that apathy and denial to one extreme. Kyle, what's on the other extreme? So if holy discontent is in the center and to one extreme is apathy and denial, what's on the other side, that, the other negative side? Um, I think the other side, what, in my mind, is like, Fear and judgment, where as opposed to not feeling anything about it, you're so incensed, you're so like afraid, you're so like doomsday about it. It's like, we're not doing this. No one's going to be reached. How can the kingdom of God be built if we don't have a podcast, right? Or insert XYZ into podcast, you know? And you use guilt, shame to manipulate other people or even yourself into action and what ends up being created is this unsustainable unbearable miserable uh eat it like a um i'm trying to think of a miserable sandwich um mm. it's, just, I mean, it's too close to dinner time i can't think of a miserable sandwich. <laughs> all the sandwiches sound too good i mean maybe maybe if you're not a huge fan of like anchovies you know something like that but um, i love anchovies Man, i love anchovies, with anchovies i yeah. love anchovies too I don't like like a tuna salad sandwich. I hate tuna salad. So I would also say, yes, that's totally true. I would also say, actually, what it, it looks like it's on the opposite side. I would almost always say, though, it's actually kind of the same thing where for me, it's like, this sucks, right? We should totally have this thing and we don't have it because we don't have it. And then I say, you know what? It, it's, uh, why don't we have it? It's because people are dumb or people don't care. Or people are heartless or people are evil, right? And one, I pump myself up, but but I, oh, enlightened self, me, totally recognize this thing. What am I going to do anything about it, right? Because the system is too big. The, the, the problem is too great. What can I do? Just one soul to, to, to stop all these things. And I don't think that's useful either, right? The, 
holy discontent, right? Means that when we're, 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 we don't like what we see and we're, and we don't like it because God wants something to change. And then that holy discontent drives us towards grace and mercy, but also action. And right. It, it, it takes us towards justice. The ultimate example, of course, is God so loved the world. He saw the world. He saw all the sin and he died for it. Right. His holy discontent caused him for sacrifice to go, to grow in community, to establish relationships, to reforge bonds. And I think both the extreme ends of apathy and denial and fear and like judgment drive us away from community, away from structures that, that have the capacity to produce these things. And I think, I think in, in the long run, um, nothing's going to get changed unless someone like us, someone like you cares a whole awful lot. Hashtag Dr. Seuss. So we want to encourage you today. You know, we can goof around a lot about sandwiches and tacos and, you know, Jesus being seated at the right hand of God, the father almighty eating tacos forever and ever. I think he is. Yeah. And then he kind of invites you into his family, into his table, into the great banquet where of course there'll be featured tacos. Yeah. And Korean barbecue, but tacos too. And Korean barbecue tacos, which are great. Korean barbecue tacos. Yeah. I mean, that's part of why every sandwich secretly wishes they could be tacos is because tacos can be fusionized with all sorts of other things. So we can joke a lot about holy discontent. I do want to caution you against unholy discontent. In this season of disruption, as we engage in rapid innovation, be content in Jesus Christ, even if you are not content with your circumstances and the shape of your ministry. Because with Jesus and the contentment that comes through him and by him, you can do all kinds of things. He's the one who gives you strength. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ministry During the Disruption. We would love for you to subscribe to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Ministry During the Disruption. We don't post incredibly often, maybe like three or four times a week, but we do share great ministry that we're seeing happen in that campus ministry space from campus ministry innovators. So I'm just going to be honest with you. We are a great follow. If you want to level up your ministry, follow at ministry during the disruption, subscribe to this podcast. And now a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by the ministry playbook. We believe that campus ministry matters because students and faculty matter, and it matters if we do campus ministry well. The ministry playbook might be the only thing in the cosmos that doesn't secretly want to be tacos. It is very happy to be exactly what it is, a resource designed to help you do ministry better. If you're feeling anxious, or rusty or confused about reaching out to new students on campus, we have a new ministry playbook course, which is releasing soon in the ministry playbook and it's available for free for you forever. It's at theministryplaybook.com. Sign up to get access to this free resource. Sign up today.